Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. It's a pleasure for me to stand in front of you today on God's day, in front of God's people, in God's house, to deliver God's Word. Today I want to especially thank my, uh, my mother and my father for being here today and my sister and my brother for also being here. Today is health day and so often we, we, have, heard, we have heard so many doctors you know, give us good advice. And you know, if you're over 35, I think we've probably, we've heard it all. So if you're over 50, you've definitely heard more than, you've heard it all twice. So today, I'm going to focus on, on the youth, the youth of our church, because they haven't heard it all yet. And if you're from where I'm from, we know that we don't shed no tear for no guy in no jacket and tie. We only cry for the youth in the khaki suits, right? Because the youth, youth have not heard what we have heard. They have not made the mistakes that we have made. They, have, they still have a chance to get it all right, or at least most of it right. And so many times we, we know truths, but we still will not follow it. Do you know how many times pa- patients come to the hospital and, you know, they come can't breathe? You know, they have some kind of lung disease and you ask them, do you smoke? And they'll say, I know, I know, I smoke, I know. And after you hear this and you see the same faces over and over again, after a while you don't even act, you don't say anything else to them. You just give them the medication that they came for, the quick fix, and send them on their way. How many of us come to church week after week, hearing the same thing, just to get the quick fix? How many of us have turned the pastor into a drug dealer, just to give us the narcotic of a good sermon? So we feel good, and then we leave for the, we leave for the, next, the next week, hoping that, you know what, We hope that we'll get a good sermon again the following week so we can get a good fix again. But we will not apply any of the knowledge that we have. Well, I ask you to turn your your Bibles with me to the the beginning of it all. Genesis 2, verses 7 through 9 says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Every tree was good for food, the Bible says, correct? The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Every tree was good for food, even the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
Every tree was pleasant to the sight. In fact, everything God made was good. Actually, I beg your pardon. The Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 31 that God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Not just good, it was very good. And if God says it's very good, indeed it's very good. But the story continues. Chapter 3 of Genesis starts, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And when the woman, and we read verse 1 through 5 of how the, the serpent beguiled the woman and introduced her to the forbidden fruit. And it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit and did eat, and gave also to her husband, and he did eat. Everything was good for food. And today the people who should have lived forever, Adam and Eve, they are dead, they're rotten. Just like we will, they stank and they are forgotten. That Dr. Dawkins is here to tell you that just because it tastes good, just because it looks good, just because it smells good, doesn't mean that it is good for you. Amen. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible states, was good for food, but it turned out to be the strongest poison ever encountered. You see, billions have died since the sweet toxins mingled with our DNA, causing untold birth defects. Billions have passed since that most flavorful succulence has stopped almost every heartbeat and still every breath and will quiet every voice. If we live long enough, we will die, right? It all started with a poison long time ago. Adam and Eve found that good food can kill you. Isn't that interesting? And today we still fail to appreciate this reality. One of the first lessons mankind was ever taught, good food can kill you. Adam and Eve was the smartest and wisest man and woman that God had ever made. And they decided that their wisdom was better than God's wisdom. Proverbs 14, 12 reminds us that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Today, everyone, everyone on the face of the earth, a pause for a worthy cause. Everyone on the face of the earth, Every decision we make, we think it's the right decision. Do you know that? The man who will kill tonight, the boy who will try crack cocaine tonight, the girl who will sneak out of her mom's house and get pregnant tonight, the guy who will go around the steering wheel drunk and start driving, they all thought that they were making the best decision. Just like... Mother Eve and Father Adam. Even though the activity may seem good, even though the activity may seem good for food, if it's not keeping with God's word, 
it will prove deadly. Good food can kill you. Not too long ago, a patient came to the emergency room, <laughs> can't breathe. Can't, I mean, just, just fighting for every breath. And he was fo followed by this beautiful, drop-dead, gorgeous model of a woman. I mean, the girl was beautiful. The patient was a 29-year-old white male. But you, you wouldn't know that he was white because when you looked at him, he was red all over. Face puffy, eyes puffy, just trying to breathe. His face was swollen. He was having much difficulty breathing. He stated that he was allergic to seafood. He knows he's allergic to seafood. But that drop-dead gorgeous woman wanted red lobster. So what you gonna do? You weigh your options. So he took her out to Red Lobster. And half an hour after going to Red Lobster and just taking a just a little piece of the just a little piece of, of, of crab, he started swelling up. Young men, good food can kill you. So he came in huffing and puffing, and the, the beautiful lady right behind him. And I looked at this gentleman and I asked him, did you know that you were allergic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes, you know, you just want to say, you know, let him just suffer a little longer. <laughs> you know, just... But thank God, God is not like man, you know. God said, go and help the young man, you know. <laughs> All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Our ways have been injurious to our health, our dreams, our successes, our families, and at times our ways have harmed our children and generations to come. But the Lord reminds us in Isaiah 55, verse 7 through 9, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. Why? The Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has always, God has, God has his ways and we have our ways. You cannot mistake them. They're not even close. God says your ways are as far as the east is from the west. They're not even close. Exodus 33 verse 13. Moses asked God, if I have found Favor, if I had found grace in your sight, show me your way. Show me what this way is. And, Mo and David lets us know in Psalm 77, verse 13, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? So we spoke about the sanctuary the last time I was here. I remind you again about the sanctuary today. I remind you about... And I, I mentioned how beautiful the human body is in symmetry, in grace. It's the most amazing thing walking the face of the earth today. 
The person that can look at the ocean and they appreciate some awesome power of God, or they look at the, the, the mountains and they say, wow, God is here, the majesty. And they can look at a man or a woman begging on the street and pass them by. They have not seen God yet. Amen. Because the man and the woman made in the image of God, again, is the most splendid thing. You and I are the pinnacle of God's creation. Did you know that? Amen. We, God used dust to make man and woman in his image. He used the dust of the earth. My father would say, not even good, not even good dirt. <laughs> dust, you cannot, do not, you cannot do anything with dust. And God said, God, God shows off, you know. It's a show-off God we have, you know. You know that? He, he wants to take the least and make it the greatest. Why? So when you look and you say, who is that? Isn't that such and such? How did he get to the position he is? Well, God. Yes. Who is that? Isn't that Israel? Israel, they were just slaves the other day. How comes they are now the head of nations? Well, it's God. Amen. God show off. And he wants to do it in your life. He says, just, just give me a little and let me just go to work. Amen. And when God exalts you, all people are going to say is, wow, look at his God. Amen. And Jeremiah 13 verse 33, I believe it is, God said of Israel, I wanted to, to bring you close as a man wears a girdle. I wanted to wear Israel. I wanted to put you close to me so you can be for a, na for a, a, a praise and an honor. He wanted Israel to be glorious. So other nations looking on Israel would say, wow, look at that God that they serve. So God decided to make a sanctuary and dwell among us. He told Moses, let them make a sanctuary, you remember, so I can dwell among them. God says of you and I, he wants to dwell in our hearts. And I reminded you that the heart sits on the left side of your chest, right? And it's enveloped by two lungs. Jesus, if you remember the ark, in the sanctuary, the ark was enveloped by two cherubims, right, two, two angels. Remember, it took four priests to carry the ark. So your heart is also divided in four chambers. Your heart, if you remember, is divided also in, in two. You have half of your heart pumps blood to the lungs, and the other half of your heart pumps blood to the rest of your body. So when Christ talks about your table, the tables of stone in your hearts, he wasn't making, he wasn't making it up. He wasn't making it up. Half of your heart pumps blood to your flesh. The other half of your heart pumps blood to the heavens to try and get oxygen. Half of the commandments is you talking to God, you trying to serve God. Yes. The other six, of the, six out of the ten of the commandments is you serving your fellow men. Yes. God didn't make a mistake. No. Around the sanctuary, you remember there were 24 courses that the elders, there were 24 courses for the priests. Yes. 
around your lungs and your heart, there are 24 ribs. Right? God didn't make a mistake. In heaven, there are 24 elders around the throne of God. Nothing has changed. So when God says, you are a priest, when God says, I will make you a priest, what was God saying? Well, you already have a sanctuary. You are the temple of God. Your flesh, your body is a temple of God. But guess what? The temple is not yours because you are not your own. But you are charged. You and I are charged with being a priest to this temple. Just like the priest in, the, in, in Moses' day had to take care of the temple, so we have to take care of our temple. Amen. So the question we ask ourselves now is, what kind of priest are we? Are we the kind of priest to bring unclean foods into the sanctuary? Are we the kind of priest that will sacrifice a hog on the altar? No? Okay. All right. Are we the kind of priest that will make sure what we bring into the sanctuary is clean? Not just clean when I say, well, I'm going to eat chicken and nuts, shrimp. When I say clean, I mean, remember, the priest could only sacrifice something that was without spot or blemish. So if it were questionable, it wasn't allowed in the sanctuary. How many times something is questionable, but we say, well, you know, God, we bless it and we eat it anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We close the eye and we bless it and we eat it anyway. Yeah. What kind of priest are we? You think God could accept that? Would God accept a sacrifice that wasn't, that was, that wasn't spotless? Would God accept a sacrifice that didn't come from the best of our efforts? But how many times we treat the temple that God has given us as secondary? You know, my car, my car says I have to put in the most expensive gas, 93. And every time I go to the gas station, I don't even think about it. I just put in 93. You know, the most, ex I mean, when, time, when, when gas price high, it kill me, man. You know, you just, your friends them call you, hey, come over. He said, no, you come check me. You know, me can't come see you. But we go to the supermarket, right? And to save a dollar, we will buy soda instead of juice. To save $2, we'll buy the regular juice instead of the organic juice. Because it's just, our, it's just God's temple. What, it's, it's, it's nothing it's nothing big. And we suffer the consequences. What kind of priests are we? And we've heard it all before. So the question is, why, why is there a disconnect between who God wants us to be and who we think we are? Why is there a disconnect between God's wisdom in our wisdom, well, as God says, our heart is wicked. Think about it. Our heart, the heart that God wants to write his laws on is wicked. He says, out of our hearts come evil surmisings, comes murders and adulteries out of our heart. So our heart, then, is antithetical to what God wants. 
So we as priests now have to decide, you know what? We are going to come what may. We're going to allow God. We're going to invite him to cleanse our temple. This is what Adventists believe, correct? We believe that God is here now cleansing the temple. Why do we think it's only the temple in heaven? God is here trying to do a work on this temple. Do you remember, where did all the sins, remember the sanctuary, where did all the sins go when the priest confessed it? It went on the, the veil, remember? The veil, the veil was the covering, the covering of the room where the, the ark was. You see, you have a, around your heart, you have what's called the, peric, it's called pericardi, um, the pericardium. It's a, it's a skin or a, a sack that covers the heart, okay? Now, the same way you have the veil that w- covered the room where the most holy was, it had all this dirt all the sins, all the diseases, everything that Israel confessed went on that veil. And God now, on the Day of Atonement, had to clean that veil. Remember? He had to clean it. He had to remove all the sins. God is trying to do that same work in you and I, if we will allow him. If we will, we can't do it. But we have to subject our temple. We are the priests of our temple, and we have to subject our temple to the will of God. But again, we've all heard this. You know, in thinking about where we are, present truth, the Bible says of Laodicea, he says that these people in Revelations 3 verse 17, Laodicea thought they were rich. They thought they were in need of nothing. They thought they had everything. And God looked at Laodicea, and what was God's, what was God, when God looked at them, what was his vision of Laodicea? They were poor, wretched, naked, and blind. Laodicea was the only church that was sick. But they were sick, and they didn't even know they were sick. It's the worst type of sickness to be sick and don't even know you are sick. In fact, they were blind. Imagine being a blind man and people tell you, say, man, your wife looks pretty, you know. And you have the ugliest wife walking earth. Eh? Everybody just laughs. Look at this man here. But him walking around think everything is fine because he's blind. This is who we are. We are walking around with the great harlot, Babylon. Right? Isn't that who Jesus says, come out of her, my people? We're walking around with this harlot that we've married, that we've called wife. And God says, buy of me eye salve that you can see. If we open our eyes, we look at this woman that we've sold our, we've sold our souls to. And we say, you know what? No, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for healing me. I will not eat. I will not eat what's common or unclean. I will not bring what's common or unclean into the temple anymore. We will look, we will treat our temple differently. But if not... I will see you in the emergency room and I will show you, send you, send you a bill. <laughs> all right? Somebody has to make a money, all right? <laughs> but one of, the th- one of the songs that we love to sing, you know, from a boy growing up, we always sing, like the woman at the well, I was seeking. All right? And it's found in, uh, I think, page 436. 
And if can I have somebody here, 493, fill my cup, Lord. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that shall never run dry. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. And we sing these songs. And I always wonder if we know what we're singing. But I have... I have something for the, the children, actually. Can I have two, two volunteers? All right. Just two, just two, just two. The first two, the first two, all right. Okay. Go back, go back all the way. Don't spill any water. No, go back all the way to the wall. All the way to the wall. Go back all the way to the wall. Okay? Now, this is what I want both of you guys to do. One has a cup full of water and one has an empty cup. Don't spill the water, okay? Don't spill the water, all right? Now, let me see who can, come, who can make it up here the fastest. All right. Who made it the fastest? The empty cup. All right, thank you very much, sir. You can have a seat, thank you. The empty cup will always make it the fastest, right? So children, we've asked God to fill our cup. What does it mean to fill your cup? Well, all the good things that you want in life. What are, what, what are the good things in life? Give me, give me some examples. What's a good thing in life? Health, a good job. What else? What's a good thing? Somebody say money, yes. Salvation. What's a good thing? What's a good thing? That's a good thing. Righteousness. Parents. So think about it. If your cup is full of good things, you can't, you don't compete against the person who has something empty, right? You don't run in the same race. Don't look to your friends and compete with them. Don't look to your friends for your cues. You have a full cup. God has called you for a great purpose. So you don't compete with people who are empty. You have, you have something called, you, you, know, you realize you have something called the Sabbath that most of your friends don't have. So most of your friends can do things on the Sabbath but you can't do it. Why? Because your cup is full. Amen. There's things that adults, that we want to do. We know we want to do it because we see our friends doing it. We see our peers, our colleagues. They, they're getting ahead. They're going so far. And so they're achieving things that we think. We think they're achieving things so quickly. But we don't realize they're running on empty. So like the woman at the well, I was seeking. And we've asked God to give us, as Adventists, we've asked God to give us a lot. Do you realize? And he has given us, he has delivered. He has delivered a lot. We have a God who says he will, he will be with us through thick and thin. And everything we want, God will be there. 
But you know what? When you start thinking about it, I mean, there's not, do we really want God in everything? No, not everything. I mean, we, I mean, the, when you think about the side deals that we could make and get our money, we don't really want God in everything. See, if God is, if God is in everything, you know, you will want, you'll have to pay your full taxes. It's, I'm telling you. So kids, God wants you to be in charge of your body. Just because it tastes good, just because it smells good, just because it looks good, doesn't mean for you it's good. It might be good for the next person, but it's not good for you. It's not good enough for you because you are priests. I have one more demonstration for you. And try and remember this, you know, remember this. I have some good things, right? These are some big things, big things. This, these big things mean, we mentioned it before. Some person mentioned a good job. For you get got a good job, you're going to have to be, have some education, right? How many of us want to go to school? Come on, you know, all right, tell the truth, guys, come on. But we never born yesterday. All right, so good job requires education. That's a big thing, okay? So somebody said money, all right? Somebody want money. Money, that's not a bad thing, right? All right? What else did we, did we say? We want to... Health. Health. Oh, health is a very... Is a, that's a big thing also. Name me something else. Obedience. Obe all right, somebody said righteousness. Okay, we want righteousness. What else did we want? For a good, for a good life. Salvation, all right. Goes in a car. A car, okay, all right. So, <laughs> so remember guys, we want a full life. This right here is like this vase right here represents your life. Okay? God has given you a nice, pretty vase, okay? And he says, you know what? Let us fill it with good things. Let us fill it with good things, all right? So now you see the big things, and the big things are, some of the big things are not so pleasant. You know, nobody always wants to go to school and do mathematics, right? Nobody wants to always be in school. Sometimes you want to be in Disney World. Disney World is shiny. Disney World looks good, you know, it's, it's pretty, look, you know, right? We, we want to play soccer all the time or play sports or video games, right? We want to play video games all the time. See, look, video games are shiny and they look good, right? But can you eat video game? No, right. Does video games contribute to your health? No, right. This is health. It's so, nothing's wrong with the video games, but video games are not the big things, okay? So let me ask you a question now. What if you go through life and all you want to do first and foremost is video games, 
What else? What else? You want to just play ball if you're like me? You just want to watch TV? What else do we do with our days? We want to talk on the phone. Oh, my word. Talk on the phone. That's a lot. That's nice. What else do we want to do? What else do we want to do with our game, our day? Text, uh-huh. Text, sleep. Definitely sleeping. And we fill up our days with texting. What else? What else do we want to do? Anybody else? What else? Soccer, okay. All right. So that's all good things, right? Doesn't it look pretty? Yeah, all those things look very pretty. Basketball. Okay. Hang out with your pet. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, now if we start filling up our life with those things, what's going to happen now when we're like, you know what? We need to get a, a job. So we say, okay, let's go get a job. So we put the job in there. Then we say, what else we want? We want money, right? So we start getting money. Okay, what else do we want? Because we want, there's some important things, right? We want health, right? So we put health in there. What else do we want? All right, a house, okay. What else do we need? Jesus can't fit. What else do we need? See, Jesus can't fit. Look, after a while, the big things, we won't be able to put all the big things in our life. Some things will always be missing because we filled it up with just, yeah, just the thing, just pleasurable things. So the big things are missing. And the thing is, we don't know what these big things will be, but something will be missing. Will our lives ever be full? No. For some of us, for some of us, there's some things that we can never put back in our jar anymore. Some of us decided not to or couldn't be educated. So because of that, education will never be, right? Some of us, we, we neglected our health for so long that we'll never be 100% healthy anymore. So health can never be. We just have to say, Lord, keep me until I die. Some of us, we... Say, let's call this a good marriage. You know, we, we missed out on a good marriage for our fault or whoever's fault, but we missed out. So our, it will never fit in our lives again. Young people, I talk to you because your jar is still empty. You haven't made the mistakes that mommy and daddy have made. Your jar is still nice and empty. So God is saying, if you follow me, you're going to put God first. Amen. Right? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and he'll give you everything else. So once you put God first, you know what God is going to do? He's going to educate you. Amen. He's going to, and because he's educated you, he's going to give you good health. And if you're educated and you have good health, sooner or later you're going to get a pretty girl. <laughs> He's going to give you a good marriage. No, money will come. It will come yet, but it will come, all right? All right? What else is God going to give you? God is going to give you anything you want. God will give you. 
All right? But look, look how beautiful God is. You see how all the things that the Disney World and the toys, he will find a place for it. It will all find its place. Look, what? What? Come, come help me. Come help me. This Take your time. Take your time. And the amazing God, the amazing God will do amazing things. You're still putting, th oh, look at that. Isn't that something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. See if, see if everything can fit. So for some of us, for most of us adults, for all of us adults who have one or two regrets, because we know there's some things that will never come in our jar again. There are some things that we know that we, we just have to wait for God to, to come again in, and renew us, renew our youth again, and give us a second chance. The good and beautiful thing about God is he's a God that does give second chances. He's a God that does give. We, are we full? The Lord will give you so much that there is no room enough to receive it. That is how our God works. He will, he will burst. I mean, what does he say? What does he say? He'll give you so much. You don't have room. Will you have a fulfilled life? Kids, put God first. Don't look at daddy. Don't look at mommy. Because... We have failed, but we're here to tell you that you can accomplish everything you want, even down to the video games God will give you. There's nothing God will withhold from you if you just put him first. So good health. You want to be healthy and strong? You want to be wise? Put God first. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.